Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Hopefully, if a rain was in your forecast, you got some rain in this last storm system that moved through. We know a lot of folks that missed, and there's been concerns, especially if you head farther south, to what's been going on with that safrina corn crop. How are we doing export-wise, and what are the export sales really doing at this point? Just a few of the many topics we're going to talk about this afternoon. As Jeff Peterson joins us, he is with Heartland Farm Partners. So, first of all, I I was glad for the rain. We're going to take a look at overall weather, Jeff, but it's kind of nice to to see a little bit of moisture for some folks as they get the continued planting going on. Yeah, there really is, you know, and in, in Nebraska, we've been fortunate. Um, we've had a chance, re, you know, to replace some of the subsoil moisture. Not all areas have got everything they wanted, you know, with the rains we had in March and into April. But, boy, with the winds we've been having and the high temps, that top, uh, you know, inch, inch and a half, some places two to two and a half inches was getting really dry. So, as a result, we'll take any little bit of rain we can get, Susan, to, to kind of prepare us for, for the big crop that we need to be able to get these markets kind of cooled off. Exactly. We'll talk more about overall weather forecasts around the U.S. in a moment. But what are some key things that we're seem to be looking at for a Monday in this market trade? Well, you know, we've got a little weakness here today. But as we look back and, and look at big picture, I, I think, you know, and we seem like a broken record. We, we have to talk about that size of that Safrina corn crop and what's going on there weather-wise. But the other thing that's getting a little attention is kind of a, just, you know, kind of a yellow flag at this point is the U.S. weather as coming into being a little bit more of a bigger factor. Um, U.S. demand, we'll have to keep a very close eye on that demand side. And, and in particular, you got to look at those export inspections. You know, are the bushels getting sent out like we'd like to see? And, and on the export sales side, then, is there any sales that ultimately uh, China or others are canceling? Um, what do we have for the corn demand on the ethanol side? And then also, is that soybean crush holding in there? And the market's going to be extra sensitive also to watching that difference in basis levels between Brazil and Argentina and the U.S. And, and they're continually running that pencil. And as they take into account freight and say, you know, are we to a point where we're able to import beans? And we know there's been some beans imported into the southeast part of the U.S. And the market will be extra sensitive to that. So that's kind of a few of the factors that the market's watching really close right now. Well, I know that there's been a few guys that I have talked to, Jeff, that are are really watching what's going on, Safrina corn crop wise, because they feel it could have an effect on us here in the States in the long term. Why is it such an important concern this year for them? Well, I think the biggest thing, you know, and and normally by the time we get to this time of year, uh, we're not talking a lot about that Safrina crop because normally by the time we get to this time of year, honestly, they've had decent enough weather and and they've had a, a, a large enough amount of moisture in there you know, subsoil that uh, they can catch a few rains and they'll be able to finish out all right. But I think this year it's a little different. We've got tighter stocks uh, here in the U.S. And, and across the world than we've had in the past years. The the thing to keep in mind is that with Brazil being the number two exporter of corn, any little problem you run into with that safrina crop all of a sudden directs demand back to the U.S., especially because Ukraine had some issues earlier. So it kind of puts the U.S. kind of in the driver's seat. Now, our basis levels are really high right now so in comparison to say argentine corn but that brazilian crop you know when it does come along um if there isn't bushels there the demand will still come back to the u.s and and then you really get to that safrina crop and and look at why the the big concern with the weather right now is just because of that lateness of planning because if you think about matagrosso for instance that's the largest uh, corn producing 
state um, you know, within Brazil, they produce about 44% of the crop. Um, on the very western edge in there, you've probably got some of the corn that's the farthest along. And, and, and it's probably, you know, some of that might be approaching milk stage. So that crop's moving along. But then you've got other areas. You go down to like Paraná and some of those, you know, you probably have got corn that's probably knee high or maybe thigh high at the farthest. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, that crop yet that is very sensitive to what's going on in weather. And we're pushing that crop into a time and where it's going to be pollinating and and trying to go through its ear fill when it normally they don't get a lot of moisture. And, and what's really kind of made it even more sensitive, the market more sensitive to what's going on down there is the fact that, you know, they got way below the amounts of moisture they'd like to see in April. So that's really kind of what's setting up the, the focus on that safrina crop, Susan. And no surprise that we are already focusing on the weather here in the States. And I know I've got family traveling across South Dakota and how surprised they were today in sending me pictures of how dusty it is. So we know weather's going to be a concern here as well this year. Yeah, it really is, you know, and, and we know that it goes all the way back to the flash drought we had, you know, last August, and then it seems like we stayed dry, and everybody was concerned what that weather's going to be, and, and the easiest way for us to kind of track it, we watch the drought monitor, and anytime you watch that drought monitor, you're looking at the dryness that's up in North Dakota, South Dakota, continues on up to those southern Canadian prairies, but you've also got some dryness in the southern parts of Minnesota and also in the northern parts of Iowa, and don't get me wrong, there's pockets in Nebraska that are dry also, but at least we did catch some rains back there in, in March and a little bit more in April, but one of the things that we watch coming out of the crop progress numbers that come out, and we'll revise those and take a look this afternoon they'll come out at three o'clock um you know we, we watch that topsoil moisture uh, short to very short and the subsoil moisture percent short to very short there's a few states that stand out to us you know north dakota right now topsoil 80 percent short to very short subsoil 78 percent short to very short south dakota as you mentioned a moment ago 62 percent short to very short on that topsoil and 73 percent short to very short on the subsoil side um usda defines or nas defines the the topsoils at top six inches and the subsoil will be everything below that but then when we even move into iowa iowa's 34 percent short to very short on the topsoil but the subsoil number for iowa is at 45 percent short to very short and that's got the market's attention a little bit just because the concern would be what happens if we don't get enough rain or timely rains to move us through and a lot of what ifs that we're going to be looking at this growing season Stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to talk about what's going on with export inspections, where we are when it comes to sales and corn demand for ethanol. Is it holding up okay as we sit in the month of renewable fuels for the month of May? More is coming up. It's the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Jeff Peterson. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. So exports, a very important factor that we see in these, this grain complex. So how are inspections looking when we overview the whole grain picture? Yeah, overall, the inspection side, you know, we got those numbers out this morning earlier, and, and that was actually another very good week um, on the corn side, about 2.1 million metric tons were uh, shipped out this past week. And on soybeans, not a lot, about 143,000 metric tons. And just to kind of put that in perspective, as we look at the crop year to date, which the crop year would have started back in September, on the corn side, we've already shipped out about 64% of all of our 
um, exports that USDA believes we're going to have. And then on beans, a little further ahead on that, we've shipped out about 89% of, of those bushels. Now, what's interesting is I always like to go back and, and look at how do we compare to a year ago and what's going on on the inspection side there. And, and Susan, we're up about 82% compared to a year ago when we compare from the crop year, you know, starting in September to now on the corn side. And on beans, we're up about 64.2%. But the one thing that the market's a little concerned about, and it's going to be extra sensitive, is watching very closely the export shipments that are going off to uh, China because China right now on the book still has about 492 million bushels of corn uh, left that we need to ship or as we'd call it outstanding sales. And we had a good amount of uh, shipments this week to them. And we actually had a marketing year high. There was about 771,000 metric tons that uh, were 771,000 tons that went to China. And that would have been a new marketing year high going to them. So it's good to see those bushels moving. But to kind of keep in mind, from now until we get to the end of August, we need to see about 670,000 tons per week going to China to be able to get everything shipped that they still have on the books. And to put that in perspective, that's about 13 ships per week need to go to China. And the concern there, Susan, would be is that if they don't physically take those bushels, then that could roll into next year's crop year or they could cancel it and then all of a sudden you know that changes the amount of ending stocks we have left over that was gonna be my next question is there the fear that we could see those cancellations i think that is in the back of their mind a fear because even on soybeans when we've had our big years of soybeans there's always a chance that china rolls some bushels over and i think in the back of everybody's mind there's that chance they're thinking about that on the corn side too. Everybody else is struggling a little bit too to figure out what is China doing with all this corn because when you look at their numbers on the hog herd, you know, there's enough questions out there. What's African swine fever doing? Are they physically, do they really need all these bushels or are they just buying extra in case there's some problems with South America or are they or they putting some of these bushels in short-term or long-term storage? So yes, that's, that's going to be a big area that we're going to have to watch going forward. Well, looking beyond China, how would you say overall our export sales have been doing? You know, overall, I'd say export sales, I think, are doing are doing well. Uh, you know, on the corn side, what USDA is figuring is that we're looking for exports to be up about 50.4% compared to a year ago. And when we compare where we're at compared to a year ago on sales, we're up about 84.5%. Now, by no means do we think we're going to come in that high but I think what will happen is that I think down the road, we will end up having to probably see exports go up on the corn side. USDA will have to raise those in future reports. Over on the bean side, it looks like we're, we're currently wanting to see um, exports go up about um, 35.5% compared to a year ago is what they're forecasting. And currently year to date, we're up about 57.6%. So I think um, overall, there's still a need to, to increase our exports on the soybean side down the road also. So that's holding them good. How are we doing when it comes to corn demand for ethanol? Are we Are we kind of staying where we need to be at this point? Yeah, we're watching that close, and that's kind of a hard one because, you know, last year about this time we, we saw our stay-at-home orders in place, so actually our ethanol production was way off. But when we look at the year-to-date, and I'd go back starting in September, we're down about 4.4% compared to a year ago. USDA has our forecasted up about 2.4%. Now, our current estimate, though, Susan, would be if production stayed about where we were at last week, we think that number would actually come in at about 4.5% 
above last year, which means USDA may also have to, you know, increase the ethanol demand down the road. Now, I don't think that'll necessarily have to happen because I do worry a little bit about the profitability on the ethanol side, only because they're having to pay so much for this corn because of the higher futures prices and also the higher basis levels. Well, speaking of basis levels, everybody wants to know where we're sitting there. Are we doing okay? Yeah, basis levels are extremely good. We've got a situation we haven't seen in a number of years stack up where actually the numbers that the individuals who ship out uh, grain for export by rail are able to sell some very good basis levels, and they're competing very strongly with the ethanol plants. And that's a situation we haven't seen in a while, Susan, so basis is holding up really well. All right, sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? You bet. Uh, easiest way would be to give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell will be brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.